Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, God has been doing something so special um, here in the house, and I have the privilege and the honor to, uh, to speak on week three. Um, so if you have your syllabus, you can take it out. If you don't, don't worry. Uh, you can actually find it online. We have it for you in a digital uh, form. There we go, in a digital form. Um, but we are so excited uh, this morning. And when I was preparing this message, um, I write and prepare my messages in uh, Google Docs. And uh, we are able to see how many has been written and how many has been put together. And I got a notification as I was writing. And it, it, it popped up that this is now, this week marks four years that I have been able to speak and preach here at Riverside Church. Thank that Pastor Bobby has um, given me the freedom to. And, and so while I was writing this message, um, so many memories is coming to mind of like, the first couple messages I've, I've written and wrote. And, and it made me remember that when one of the first, it was like my first or second message I ever wrote, and man, I was so proud of myself. Like, because here's the thing about me, I never saw myself up here. I never wanted to be a preacher or, or be in ministry. That wasn't my plan. That was God's plan. Let me just tell you that much. And, and so uh, I remember writing this message, and I spoke it, and I was so proud, and I was sending the links to everybody, you know. I mass sent the, the YouTube links to everybody and the podcasts, and um, I was just sending them to all my friends, and, and, and so they could see, and... Um, all my friends were texting me back, and I remember this one friend texted me, and, and, he, and, he, and he was like, I just listened to that sermon. He was like, man, I am so, uh, this, so impressed. And he used that word impressed, and I know he meant that as a compliment. He said, I was, I'm so impressed uh, by you. And I know he meant that as a, as a compliment, but I remember reading that four years ago, and a sense of conviction came over me. Because I realized is that what we do together here at Riverside and what we do as a church is that we don't do... Uh, church so we can impress people we, we don't do church so we can impress you with the lights or the music or the songs or the musicians or the the preaching and the teaching to impress people that's not the goal the goal here at riverside church is not to impress the flesh but to empower the spirit the goal here at riverside church is not for you to leave on an emotional high not for you to leave on a on such adrenaline but the goal here at riverside church is for you to leave these doors better than what you came as for you to leave these doors filled with the Holy Spirit, filled up on, on so much love on some, inside of your heart from Jesus Christ. That is our goal here at Riverside Church, is that we can leave this place better than what we came. Amen? Come on, we appreciate that. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise, because that's by his word and by his love that he does that. So we're going to turn to Leviticus chapter 24. Uh, Leviticus chapter 24. Uh, we are going to pick up in verse 1. Uh, now, the book of Leviticus... Um, if you ever read it, then you know that this is a boring book, okay? The book of Leviticus is all about rules and regulations that the Levites, who were the priests in Israel, um, had to follow in the tabernacle. And so if you read the book of Leviticus, you probably snore through it. You probably skip through it. You probably don't even remember it. But if you know what to look for, there's some interesting and really uh, revelations in the book of Leviticus that we're going to get into. Um, so we're going to go in verse 1. Uh, and we're going to read together. It says that the Lord said to Moses, command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light. Everybody say the light. The light. To keep the lamps burning continually. 
this is the lampstand that, the, that stands in the tabernacle in front of the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. Aaron and the, Aaron and the priest must tend the lamps and on the pure gold lampstand continually in the Lord's presence. We're in week three this morning of the semester, and the title for this message, turn to your neighbor and say, leading with the lights. Leading with the light. With that being said, let's pray over service. Father, we thank you for gathering us, God. We thank you for what you're doing in this place this morning. We thank you, Father, that we've gathered not for us to be entertained, not for us to be impressed by the lights or by the music, but to be empowered by your spirit. So, Father, have your way this morning. Have your way in this service. We thank you for soft minds and open hearts. We thank you, Father, that we are here to receive more from you, God. So, God, we come with expectation this morning. We come with faith this morning. We come, God, knowing that miracles, signs, and wonders will follow that breakthroughs will happen, that chains will fall off, that depression will flee, that anxiety will leave, that people walked in with addiction will walk out of this place freed by your spirit. God, we have that type of expectation this morning, that we know that we're here not for ourselves, but we're here for each other to lift up the name of Jesus. So we love you so much. Thank you for the opportunity you have given us just to gather in your name. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says... Amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise this morning. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Uh, so during this semester, if you missed it or if you haven't uh, been here the last couple of weeks, um, during this semester we have been going through the uh, tabernacle and each item in the tabernacle. We have been breaking it down and, and implying the, the, what it means to, in our life, the values and, the, and really what it meant in that time in the tabernacle. So in week one, uh, we talked about uh, the veil. Uh, we talked about how the veil represents the separation between us and God and how the veil represented how it was the flesh, it was sin, that before Jesus, if you didn't know this, before Jesus, uh, because of sin, we were not able to walk into the presence of God. Because of sin, we were separated from the presence of God. But after Jesus, what he did on the cross for you and I, now he split the veil in two, and now we can freely walk into the presence of God, and our sins are forgiven. Who's thankful for that this morning? And in week two, we talked about the altar of incense, and uh, we talked about our prayers and how it reaches up to heaven. And if you've missed any uh, one of those messages, you can look back on our YouTube or podcast because I'm telling you, um, having all these together is really what makes the difference. But uh, this morning, what we're going to talk about is the menorah or the uh, lampstand. Now, the one I'm holding in my hands, uh, this is a miniature version. Okay, everybody, this isn't what it looked like in the tabernacle. But uh, it was made of solid gold. Uh, it had these seven stems like you see um, right here. And the uh, wick of the lampstand was actually made from the garments of the priest. And, and the actual size of this uh, lampstand, however, was about five feet tall and three feet wide. So this was a pretty big lampstand. And it lit up the, ro the room quite literally. And that was the uh, purpose of the lampstand, the menorah, was to give light uh, for the priest in the holy place so that way they could see what they were doing and perform the tasks and responsibilities that God told them to do. Because here's the thing, and if you read the book of Leviticus, you know this. I know a lot of us probably haven't read it all the way through. I know I skip through it sometimes. But it is detailed. It is, it is specific. 
It has rules and regulations that if you get it wrong, you quite literally could die in the presence of God. And so it was very specific. So it's a serious thing. And so this lampstand is what gave them the ability to see what they were doing. And quite literally, that is what light does in our life is that it allows us to see, right? It, it allows us to know where we are going. Have you ever tried to walk around in your house in the dark at night? Like, it doesn't matter how well you know your house. You think, I know where every furniture is or wall, whatever. If you walk around in the dark and you can't see, you're going to stub a toe, right? You're going to hit your head on something, right? But light allows us to see, and light allows us not to be walking around in the dark. But Jesus told uh, Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he told Nicodemus, he said, see, this is how the world is. See, the world, it doesn't matter how much you know or it doesn't matter how much you have. If you're not walking in the light of Jesus, you're going to be walking around in the dark, frustrated, hitting your head on things that you should have seen easily or doing things and being confused and not having the clarity. But the light of God, the light of Christ is what allows us to see with understanding. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to them, he said, he said this, he said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows after me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So this is what I want to encourage y'all right off the bat this morning, is that we no longer have to walk in the dark because of Jesus Christ, and he's the light of the world. We no longer have to struggle with obscurity. We no longer have to struggle with uncertainty or confusion. Quite literally, through the understanding and wisdom of God, through the light of God, he lights our path, and now we can walk in the light and not be stuck in the dark. Who's thankful for that this morning, that we actually have that option to follow after Christ? And that's what Jesus does for us. So the goal of this message is for us to be encouraged knowing that through Jesus, because of what he's done for us, we no longer have to settle for darkness. We no longer have to settle for confusion. We no longer have to settle for what the rest of the world settles for because Jesus lights up the darkness. And he who walks in the light will walk in truth and will walk in spirit. Amen? So let's jump into it. We're going to go back to Leviticus chapter 24, verse 1. Leviticus chapter 24, verse 1. And it says this, and this is the Lord instructing the Levites of what to do. And the Lord said to Moses, command the people. Everybody say the people. Command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil. Everybody say oil. Oppressed olives for the light to keep the lamps burning continually. See, the oil was the fuel for the lampstand. The oil was the fuel for this to be lit up. All throughout the night and day, it never went out. And how it had the ability to do that is that it kept on getting refueled with the oil from the people. See, for us to be able to have the light of Christ on the inside of us, we have to make sure that we are constantly being refueled by Christ. Because that's how, that's how burnout happens is that you just quite literally run out of fuel. You run out of motivation or inspiration. That's how burnout happens. And see, like, whenever you bought your vehicle or, or car, did you just have to fill it up once and never fill up with gas again? No, right? You had to fill it up again and again and again so you could have the fuel to get to your destination. In the same way with Christ, we don't just have to say, I just need to pray one time. I just need to come to church one time. I just need to worship his name one time and have the enough fuel to get where God wants to, me to go. No, we have to refuel our lives time and time and time again. And each and every day, we've got to spend time in his presence. 
each and every day, we have to make sure that we are praying in his name. And that is what the key, and not just every day, but I don't know about you, but I need to get refueled sometimes multiple times a day. There's times in the day I'm like, I, I need five minutes. All right, I need to go pray somewhere because I'm, I'm feeling the stress. I'm feeling the anxiety. I need to go pray. I need to get in his presence. Or I'm feeling the weight of things being on me. I need to go and I need to go pray and get that release in the spirit. So we need that refreshment. We need that refueling. And that only comes from Jesus. That only comes from us being filled up with him. See, that's just how we get filled up is through prayer, is through us spending time with him, spending time in worship. I mean, is there any witnesses in the house that can say, when I spent time in the presence of God, I got refreshed, I got refilled, and I got what I needed. I got the fuel I needed to have, and for somehow, some reason, I was able to push through the day. Because I know about you, there's been times when I thought I was too busy for prayer or too busy to take that five minutes, and I regretted it at the end of the day. But when I said, I'm going to give you just that time, maybe if it's even just in the car driving to work and putting on, the, on worship music, or maybe if it's just saying, hey, I need to take a restroom break, or, but actually it's a prayer break, right? You're just praying in it by yourself. Whatever it is, take that time, get refueled, and you're going to get where God's taking you. And that is how we keep the light burning. But we have to do that each and every day, each and every day. That's why, again, we're going to turn it to, to ourselves now. That's why we can't just get filled up on Wednesdays and Sundays. That's why we can't just get enter into his presence and, and pray and spend time in worship only on church services. Because we're going to run out of fuel. We're going to run out and we're going to feel burned out throughout the week. We're, we're going to know each and every day we've got to spend time in his presence, spend time with him, spend time in prayer. Why? Because that is our oil, that is our fuel to keep the light burning in our lives. So what does the oil represent to us, right? What does the oil represent that the people of Israel brought to the tabernacle? Well, if you look at scripture, you know that oil is always representative and really synonymous with the anointing of the Spirit of God. That the best way to stay on fire for God is to be filled with the Spirit. That the best way to keep that light burning is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is to be fully committed to him, and to know that there is no way that my fire is going to be put out. Why? Because I'm refueling it every day. I'm refueling it every day. Now, here's the thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that it's for everybody. Everybody say, it's, it's for you. It's for everybody, right? Everybody has the, has the option and has the opportunity to take that step and to take that step of faith into what God has for us in the fullness thereof. We all have that opportunity. We all have that, that the Holy Spirit. He is for everybody. He is our great comforter. He is, he is our guide. He is, the, he is our great teacher. He is the one that instructs us, and he is the one that fills us up at the same time. Having and being filled with the Holy Spirit is key to keeping the light. Does anybody grip me this morning? It's for everybody. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. It says, but you, turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. It says, but you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. Come on, who's thankful for the Spirit of truth in this house, that we're able to follow after him and be filled up with the light, and that is how we're able to maintain our light, is to follow after Jesus and be filled up with the Spirit, and if you have that hunger for it, I'm telling you right now, you will be filled. If you have that thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. The Holy Spirit's not trying to hide from you or trying to play hide and seek. No, he wants to be everything that you have the hunger for. So if you have the hunger for it, I'll plug the 
Born Again workshop that Pastor Bobby leads on the first Saturday. If you have a hunger for it, attend that workshop, and you will begin to get the understanding for it. So the oil not only just represents the, the Spirit of God, but it also represents our devotion and our prayer life with God. That every time we spend in prayer or in worship or every time we have a, have begin to come to church or have a praise break, that is our oil for the fire. That is our oil and that is our fuel and that is what keeps our light going. And, but there's the thing, that what our oil is our prayer time, it's our worship time. But what I want us to catch is that God instructed the whole nation of Israel to contribute to the oil. God didn't just say, okay, it's only the priest's job to contribute to the oil. God didn't say it's only the job of the elders to contribute to the oil. It's only the job of this person. No, he said it's the whole nation of Israel's responsibility to contribute to the oil. So let's turn it to ourselves right now. When we come to church, it's not just the pastor's job to bring the oil. When we come to church, it's not just the worship team's job to bring the oil. When we come to church, it's not just the elders' job to bring the oil. But when we come to church, it's the whole body of Christ getting together, contributing together, bringing the faith, bringing the expectation, bringing and knowing that without a shadow of a doubt that if we come with full faith, we're going to see the fruit of it. We're going to see what God has for us. We all come together and contribute together. That's what it says in Ephesians 4.15. In Ephesians 4.15, he said, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together. Everybody say together. Perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, just how the whole nation of Israel was working together, contributing together, saying, I'm not on by myself, but I'm to coming together as a team and giving together. In the same way, the body of Christ, we are all contributing to the same kingdom. We're all contributing to the name of Jesus. We are all coming together and giving our best, and that's when breakthrough comes. It's when we come together like the body of Christ. So we're in this together. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're in this together. Whether you like it or not, if you have the name of Jesus on your heart, we're in this together. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are in this together. But when we come together, that is when we're able to shine the brightest for Jesus. When we come together, that is when our light is able to shine the brightest because we're able to come together in one purpose, in one accord, and able to make a light and make a difference in this world. We're able to shine brighter together, not separately but together, that's point one for this morning, is that our light shines brighter together. Everybody say together. Yeah. Our light shines brighter together. See, a single light might not make that much of a difference, even two or three or four. But when many come together and give the little what they have, when many come together, begin to shine for the name of Jesus, that's when we light up the darkness. That's when we make a difference. That's when we begin to show people of this world who's lost in darkness that there's a light that they can be attained of. That there's something different that they can live for. It reminds me of, a, of, of the time when we had on a Wednesday night service, we, uh, we, we were having a church and we were worshiping. And I don't know, uh, well, I know you do know that here at Riverside Church, when we worship, we worship, right? And when, when, we, when we sing, we sing. When we praise, we praise. And so we're having worship, and in the middle of worship, the power went out on a Wednesday night. 
and we couldn't see nothing. There was no sound. Uh, there, there, there was this, nobody could see the hand in front of their faith. It was, it was pitch dark in this place. And, and for a little bit, we were a little confused. For a little bit, we didn't know what to do. And we didn't know what steps to take next. But then all of a sudden, one person turned on the light on their phone. And all of a sudden, another person did. And two or three people, and it really didn't make up a difference. But all of a sudden, 100 people turned on the light on their phone. And before you knew it, it was lit up in here. And we were having church. And God moved. And we were able to walk in what God wanted us to have. See, that's how we make a difference. It's that we all come together. We all come together. And we begin to expose the darkness together. We're not in competition. We're not fighting against each other. No, we're coming together in the same accord and unison, being saying, I am bringing light to the name of Jesus, and we're going to make this dark place a little bit lighter by the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So here's another thing I want us to catch. Another thing that came to my attention. You want to go a little deeper this morning? You want to go a little deeper? Here's another thing I want us to catch. In Leviticus 24, during that time, the pure olive oil that they were contributing that was a very rare commodity. Like, that was an expensive resource. And so the people of Israel actually could have made a great living, um, could have made a lot of money by just selling the oil, by just selling it for money. But this is what the people of Israel did. Instead of selling the oil, they decided to sow the oil into the kingdom of heaven. Instead of selling the oil, they decided to, to sow the oil into what God was doing. What we do each and every time we pray, each and every time we worship, every time we give to God, whether it be time, talent, treasure, every time we do that, you know what we're doing? We're sowing into the kingdom of heaven. Because we could be selling that time to somebody else. We could be selling that talent to somebody else. We could be doing whatever we wanted with our resources. But when we choose to sow it into the house of God, when we choose to sow it into what God is doing, when we choose to line ourselves up with what God is doing in our life, that is when we shine bright for God. That is when we are able to sow, when we sow into his house. And as the body of Christ, we all have something to contribute. We all have something to contribute. You might be saying, well, Pastor CJ, you know, I'm not a good singer, or I can't play guitar, or I'm not good at this or good at that. Look, don't fall into that trap, okay? Don't think that to be used by God is to be talented, is to be better than everybody else, is to have all the resources. No, to be used by God, all you need is God. To be used by God, all you need is Jesus. So if you have Jesus in your heart, then you have all what you need to be used by God in this house, in this community, and in the kingdom of heaven. That's all you need. So don't give into a trap of thinking, oh, before God can use me, I need to fix this. Or before God can use me, I need to do that. No. If you have blood in your veins and breath in your lungs, then God can use you because all he needs is himself. All he needs is a willing vessel. All he needs is somebody to say, I'm here, God. Use me. And that's when I've seen the most brightest light shine is when somebody says, God, just use me. I don't care if I get the credit. I don't care if people see my talent. I don't care if people don't know what this is coming from. But God, just use me. And in that is when we see the light shine the brightest. In verse 3, as we continue, it says this, and this is the Lord instructing the Levites. He said, this is the lampstand that stands in the tabernacle in front of, everybody say in front of, the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant. He said, Aaron must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night. All night. See, the lampstand 
it, it gave light to the holy place. But what I want us to catch is this, is that it gave light to the holy place, but it was on the other side of the veil. It wasn't where the Ark of the Covenant was. It wasn't in the, the holies of holies. It, it wasn't where the high priest entered when he went into the presence of God. So that made, had me thinking, how did the high priest see and know what he was doing when he entered the holy of holies once a year? When he entered that most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. And, and when I looked at it and when I studied, here's the thing. When, when the high priest would enter and go past the veil and enter the most holy place, it, it wasn't something that was freeing. It was intimidating. And it was mysterious. And they, they were really just there to get in and to get out. And maybe they just had a small little lamp to be able so they could see what they were doing. But see, that, that is what Jesus, and that, that's what Jesus did for us. Because before him, God's presence was intimidating and mysterious. If you don't believe me, read the story of Uzzah, right? He touched the Ark of the Covenant in a wrong way, and he died instantly, okay? It was a mysterious, it was, it was an intimidating thing to be around the presence of God. But after Jesus, it says that when he went and he gave his life on Calvary, that the veil split from top to bottom, not only signifying that there's no longer separation, but now signifying that now the mysteries of God will be revealed to us. Now we can freely enter the presence of God. Now we can enter the presence, not like how the high priest entered back in the Old Testament, not afraid and not scared but walking in free knowing that there's not a blotch of sin on us because of the blood of Jesus walking to his presence knowing that if we just focus on him we're going to receive what we need that is what is powerful for what Jesus did for us he says in Matthew 13 verse 11 he's talking to his disciples and he says and he's telling him he says it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven not everybody else will know, but when we line ourselves with the light, when we line ourselves with Jesus, he says he will reveal the mysteries of the kingdom. What does that mean? That when we have the light with us, when we have Jesus with us, what was confusing before, what was intimidating before, what maybe we were uncertain about before, now it lights up our path. Now we know where we're going. Now we know who we are in Christ. He reveals the mysteries of God to us through the name of Jesus because that's who Jesus is. Living a life after Christ is not one of confusion. It's not one of not knowing what to do. It's one of clarity. And that is what living and leading with the light does for us. And so now we no longer have to be intimidated by God's presence. Now we no longer have to be afraid of being lightning struck if we did something wrong. But because of the blood of Jesus, we can freely enter into the throne of grace, Hebrews 4.16. And when we enter the throne of grace, we can obtain mercy when we need it and have grace when we need it as well. Who thinks that's awesome by the blood of Jesus? You and I, we don't have to do all those rituals or things anymore. We just have to have a relationship with him. As we continue... With verse 3, it says this, it said, this is a permanent, in Leviticus 24, verse 3, it said, this is a permanent, everybody say permanent, law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. In verse 4, Aaron and the priest must tend the lamps on the pure gold lampstead continually, everybody say continually, in the Lord's presence. The, the word that stuck out to me the most when I was reading that scripture was the word permanent. Everybody say permanent. Because that word is not mentioned often in the Bible. And here's the thing. When God says permanent, he means permanent. Okay? When God says something that is meant to be forever, he means that. He's not lying. He's not saying, okay, two weeks and you can go, you know, off of it. But 
He was speaking at that time to the Levitical priest, and he used the word permanent, and he said from generation to generation. And that had me thinking, God, how can we follow up with what you said for us to do permanently? How can we follow up with things that you instructed the priest to do? But he said to do it permanently. Now, here's the thing. I believe that that still applies to us today. Now, I'm not saying that we need to do in Leviticus 24 that we need to go in our backyards and build a tabernacle and begin to cut chickens in half, right? Or go, no, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this, is that we are now the tabernacle of God, that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way that the priests walked in a sense of consecration, in the same way that they walked in a sense of bringing the oil to the fire together so that way they could keep the light going, so that way they could continually have a lifestyle of following after God, in the same way that is a permanent thing for us to follow as well. In the same way that is how we should walk after as well, he said it goes from generation to generation. He says it goes from, from family to family, that we all need to walk in the same kind of dedication and consecration that they walked in as well. It might look differently. The procedures might be, be different now, but the purpose is the same. We're supposed to live differently from everybody else. That when we live a life after Christ and we, we walk in the light, we're not supposed to walk around like how we did when we were in the dark. When we walk in the life that Jesus has for us, and when we begin to go after the things that God has for us, our life needs to look drastically different than it did before. That you need to be able to look back at your life and say, okay, this is the stark difference because I lived like this before Jesus, but now I look like this after Jesus. Now I talk like this after Jesus. Now I walk like this after Jesus. And that is how we are the light in this world. It's not that we look like everybody else. It's that we're different from everybody else. That is how you can be like a lighthouse. And people who are lost in the dark can see that there's something different about you because there's something, something that you have chosen to live differently on the inside of you. That's how we be a light in this world. That's how we attract people to us. It's something that we have to continually do, continually do time and time, from generation to generation. See, spending time with God, spending time in prayer, spending time in his presence, living for him, that's something that we have to do every day. Everybody say every day. Everybody say every day. That's something we have to do every day because here's the thing. We want Jesus in eternity. Don't look around now. Don't look around to anybody. Some of us want Jesus in our eternity, but we don't want Jesus in our every day. We say, Jesus, I want to be with you in heaven, but I don't want you to be with me right now. Because I want to do my own thing right now. I want to live my own life right now. I want to do what I want to do right now. But I still want to be with you when it's all said and done. When the lights turn off, I want to, I want to be with you in heaven, God. But right now, I want to live for myself. I want to do what I want to do. I want to make sure I live the life I want to live and talk the way I talk and walk the way I want to walk. But it doesn't work that way. For us to live after God, how the Lord was instructing the, the Levitical priest, for us to live after him is something we have to do continually. Every day we have to live for God. Every day we have to spend time in prayer. Every day we have to get that oil and refuel ourselves. Luke 9, 23 says this. It says, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after him, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Everybody say daily. And follow 
me. That is what our life is supposed to look like. It should look like an everyday thing. It should look like something that we're doing, not sporadically, not something that we're doing once in a ever while, not something that we're doing just when we feel like it. No, living a life with Christ is picking up our cross every day and living for him, every day choosing him, every day following after him, not being worried about everything else, not being worried about tomorrow or 20 years from now, but saying, God, I'm trying to live for you today. Here, sometimes we try to take a, a bigger bite than we can eat. Have you ever written out a five-year plan and be like, I don't know how I'm going to get there, right? Or, the, or written a 10-year plan and say, I don't know how I'm going to get there. And then we get intimidated, and then we don't know what our, our plan looks like for our life. But when we say, God, I'm not worried about 20 years from now. That's your job, not mine. My job is to worry about today. My job is to follow after you right in this moment. My job is to give you my all today. And if I do that every day, I'm going to find myself where I'm supposed to be 20 years from now. If I do that every day, I'm going to find myself in your will. I'm going to find myself in the place that you have for me by just giving myself to you every day. Don't be worried about tomorrow. Cast your cares upon Christ. That's what he says. And Jesus says, here's the cool thing too. He says, cast all cares upon him. And he says, and he will do the caring for you. He says, don't worry about anything. I'll take care of it. Matter of fact, I can take care of it better than you can. So give it to me. Just follow after me. Listen to, listen to what I'm telling you. Be obedient each and every day. And you're going to find yourself exactly where you need to be. See, living after Jesus is not a hobby. Living after Jesus is not something that we just get to turn on and turn off, and it's not something that we're supposed to have a, a, a dating relationship with. No, it's something that we're committed to. We're, we're married to Christ. It's something we're saying, no, I'm with you for better or for worse, God. No, I'm, I'm with you, God, even if I don't feel like it. I'm with you, Jesus, even if I, if I feel, uh, don't feel like following after you today. No, I'm going to choose to follow after you. It's a lifestyle. Point two for this morning is this, is that leading with the light is a lifestyle. Everybody say lifestyle. Leading with the light is a lifestyle. See, when you choose to walk in the light, it's going to look totally different from what, how you walked in the dark. It's a lifestyle. It's a stark difference. It's something that when you look at your life, you can know and for a, without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is with you that day because you're walking in the light. And that's just how we make a difference in this world. That's how we make a light for Jesus is that we say, you know what? I'm going to choose to follow after you, God. I'm going to choose each and every day to follow after you, and I'm going to choose to be the lights. And here's the thing. Being the light isn't about us attracting attention. Being the light isn't about us getting the glory. Being the light isn't about us getting more followers on Instagram. Being the light isn't about us getting patted on the back by the people around us and telling us how great we are. No, being the light is shining a light for Jesus. And say, it's not about me. I'm not here because of all things I've done. I'm not here because of how great I am. I'm here because of how great Jesus is. And that's the light of the world. Jesus is the one that shines. Jesus is the one that gives us direction. Jesus is the one who allows us to say yes to his purpose and promises for our life. And that's how we should be. You want to know people who live in the light? It's the people who walk into the room, and when they walk in, everything gets a little brighter. 
as people walk into the room, and when you walk in, instead of tearing people down, instead of saying how bad it is, instead of t- putting people in a, in a corner and saying it, it's your fault and tearing people down, instead you walk in, and you're the light, and you brighten people's day. Does anybody know those people just brighten your day? You're like, man, I, I can't wait to, to walk into that coworker, right? You'd be like, man, I can't wait to see that person. Sometimes I'm like, man, I can't wait to go Chick-fil-A because they just brighten my day. They say my pleasure, and I feel a whole lot better by myself. That's how we need to be is we got to walk in the light and be able to brighten other people's day. That's how you be the light. It's not that you expose the darkness on the inside of them. It's that you, with the light, you say, hey, look, you don't have to live that way any longer. I found the way. I found the path. Now you can follow after me and look how I live. It's not something that's hypocritical. It's not something that I do sometimes. No, it's something, something that I follow after each and every day. We have to shine the light for Jesus. That's what I love about this church is that we're not ashamed of the light. We're not ashamed to be different. If you want to be a light for Christ, you can't be ashamed to be different. You can't be scared to attract attention. Let me tell you that. Because you're going to one day, and you might be experiencing this right now, this might be for somebody, that you're afraid to live for Christ because you don't want people to see and be spotlighted that you are different and not like everybody else. Let me tell you this. That is the best compliment you could ever receive. That is the greatest testimony you could ever have is somebody look at you and know that you are different because of the Jesus inside of you. Know that you are different because of the light that you have on the inside of you. You need to have a coworker come up to you and say, what's different about you? You need to have a neighbor come up to you and say, what's different about you? I see something different. You don't need to have people who are stuck in darkness not see the light in you. You need to have people who are still walking in the dark see the light of Christ, see that you live differently, see that you are doing things differently from everybody else, and say, ah, that's how I want to live. That's how I want to be because there's something different about them, and that's how we reach the world, amen, is by being a light for Jesus and directing them to the name of Jesus, amen. Stand to your feet. I'm closing. I'm closing. Stand to your feet. I'm going to close with this. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Let's read this together. Jesus is talking. Now, remember Jesus at the beginning, we talked about how Jesus is the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks with me will not walk in darkness. Whoever follows me will be walking in the light. Jesus was saying, I am the light of the world. Now he says this in verse 14, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, you are, turn to your neighbor and say, you that you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light so shine. Everybody say shine before men. What they, what they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus was saying, when they see the light on the inside of you, they're going to give the glory to me. When they see the light that is inside of you, when they see that you are different, they're going to know that the reason is because of Jesus. When they see that you got peace, when everybody's panicking, they're going to see that the reason is Jesus. When they see that you have a sense of calmness and confidence, when everybody's confused and and chaotic, they're going to know it's because of Jesus that you have that light. It's because of Jesus you walk in that confidence. That It's because of Jesus that we're able in this dark world 
walk in the light. In today's time, in today's culture, I don't know if you've been on social media, turn on the news. It seems like the world is getting darker. It seems like the culture is getting further away from the light. It seems like the world is getting darker, but can I say this? The darker the night, the brighter the light. Now's the time more than ever to shine for Jesus, not be ashamed. Now's the time more than ever to take a stand and say, I'm going to be the light in this dark world. I don't care who sees. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people are saying, how different I am. No, I want to be the lights. I don't want people to suffer in darkness that are around me. I don't want people to be lost that are around me. I want people to be inspired by the light that is inside of me. I want people to see the light of Jesus and know that there's a different way to live. See, Scripture says that this world is lost in darkness, but, but the light of the world will give them understanding, give them a different path, give them something that you and I enjoy each and every day. So how, how selfish would it be to leave people in the dark when you know where the light is at? How selfish would it be to not tell people about the light and watch them keep on stubbing their toe on dumb decisions? And you're knowing what the light can do for the lives. See, what we're called to be, what we're called to do is be the light of the world. To be the light of the world and be able to shine for Jesus and to direct him towards his name. I'm going to close with this thought this morning. I'm going to close with this thought. It's that we will never be left in the dark when we choose to lead with the light. We will never be left in the dark when we choose to lead. Everybody say lead with the lights. Lead with the lights. Here's my prayer this morning. Here's the thought this morning. Is let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord direct you. Let the light begin to shine on your path so you're not confused, so you're not stuck, so you're not filled with anxiety. No, follow after Christ. And I believe this with a shadow of my doubt that if we dedicate ourselves to what God has on the inside of us, if we follow after the light that God is directing, we will not be lost in the dark. You might be saying, well, Pastor CJ, I got Jesus, but I still feel lost. Or Pastor CJ, I got Jesus, but I, I still feel like I'm walking around in the dark, making dumb decisions, stuck in confusion, stuck in anxiety. Let me, let me tell you this. If we just choose to follow after the light each and every day, it's going to brighten your day. If we choose to follow what God has for us each and every day and walk in the light, you're going to see that things are going to be brighter that day. Things are going to be better that day. Don't give in to the lie of the enemy that says, this because you made the wrong decision, now you lost the light on the inside of you. Don't give in to the, the lie of the enemy that says that if you made a mistake, then you are a mistake. No. Know that if the light is on the inside of you, we might go and make the wrong decision. But what's great about Jesus, it doesn't matter how many decisions we made in the wrong direction. All it takes is one right decision in the right direction for God to give us back on track with this light that he has for our life. Let us be able to lead with the light this morning. Let us be able to take a chance on God and say, Father, I'm willing to be the spotlight. I'm willing, God, to be different. I'm willing to walk and talk differently from the world. And that is how we are able to be the light. We can't live the same as the darkness. No, we have to live and be led by the light. Let's pray this morning, every head bowed. Father, I thank you right now, God. If there's anybody struggling in the dark, 
God, if there's anybody struggling with uncertainty or confusion, struggling, God, with the, with the idea that of who they are in Christ, Father, and they feel lost and they feel confused, Father, right now, God, I thank you, God, for showing them the light, God, brightening up, God, their understanding, that they know, God, that who they are in Christ and that they're not afraid to be different, that they're not ashamed of the gospel, that they're not ashamed to live for Christ, but instead they're willing to be the light for others to follow. They're willing to be the light to attract people stuck, to attract people lost, to, to attract people who are still confused, God, with uncertainty. But God, allow us, God, to walk into the light that you have for us, Father. Allow us, Jesus, to put down our will and pick up your will. Allow us, Jesus, to begin to follow after the, the purpose and the plan that you have for us. Even if it doesn't look like what we thought, it's going to be even better than we ever dreamed of. That when we follow after you, Jesus, when we live, God, led by the light, God, let it be a lifestyle. Let it be something that we choose every day. Let it be something, Father, that we're not ashamed of. Let it be something that we're not inconsistent in, God. Let God us being led by the light be a lifestyle, God. Let it be, Father, an example for our families. Let it be an example for our coworkers. Let it be an example, God, for God, our God neighbors, Father, and for maybe our classmates or wherever you are. Be the light and set the example for those stuck in the dark. Whoever you are, you can be the light for somebody stuck in the dark. You could be a light for your aunt or for your uncle. You could be a light for your boss or for your coworker. You can be a light for somebody looking and trying to find something different. They feel stuck in the dark. They feel stuck in obscurity. They feel stuck in uncertainty. They're looking for somebody willing to be the light. Father, let us be the light for you, God. Let us, God, be able to walk into every identity and purpose and plan that you have for us. Not be ashamed and not be unwilling, but God, God, let us walk in confidence in who we are in Christ, Father. That who we are in Christ, and let's shine bright together. Let us shine bright together, Father. Family members together, God. The church body together, Father. All of us all together, Father. Knowing that we are shining a light to bring awareness to the name of Jesus. And that we're all coming together, contributing. Just like the nation of Israel contributing the oil, God. Let us contribute, God, to this moment. Let us begin to step out by faith. Let us begin to shift the atmosphere. Let us begin to feed into the faith that is in this room. I feel God's presence in this house. Tap into it this morning. Tap into what God has for you. Tap into what God is trying to give and trying to show and what God is trying to release from you. Tap into it. Break through the barrier. Break through any kind of obstacle. Break through it and be willing to shine for the light. And I'm telling you, God has something great for us. God has something better for us. God has something that will break through every sense of insecurity and anxiety. God will break through by His Spirit in the name of Jesus. By His Spirit in the name of Jesus. Well, you feel that this morning, give Jesus a shout of praise this morning. Give Him a shout if you're ready to live and live with the light. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.